Welcome to the Nerd Party. They can travel anywhere in time and space. Up we go into time and space. So all of time and all of space are sitting out there. Welcome to Time and Space, one married couple's adventure through the Doctor Who universe. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm her classic companion, Philip Gilfus. You are classic. That's right. Old. Right, then I'll be replaced by your new companion later on. Yes! (laughs) It'll probably be a woman in a skirt, let's be honest. (laughs) Aw, that'd be fun. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if we haven't necessarily had anything Doctor Who... It's been a busy week, still is busy, so I don't know necessarily, other than what we're going to talk about today, in particular, we've done Doctor Who related. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I think you're right. We are recording at the very last minute this week because our schedules have been rather crazy and uh, we get to spend about, what, 45 minutes together every day at the minute? That's right. (laughs) I miss your face. (laughs) Yeah, I've actually been trying to discover some things to watch with Ellie, which is hard because obviously I always want to watch everything with you. But I started the first episode of Sense8. Which I have seen, but I think I'd like to join you on the watch because I, I started watching it and then just sort of fell off. See, now you've defeated the purpose, darling. I'm trying to find something I can watch. When yeah, I know, here. but I, I, don't want, <laughs> I don't want you to do that one. Not that one. Basically, I mean, I've heard good things. and The finale came out, so I know there's a completion at least. But also, um, JMS or J. Michael Straczynski, if I'm saying his name correctly, Babylon 5 fame, who I'm currently finishing his works through um, here on the network. For those who know, listening to Filibuster, uh, Charlene Schmidt and I have been doing a Babylon 5 series where we've covered all the seasons. And we've sort of finished, but we actually haven't, because now we're kind of watching Crusades, the Babylon 5 spinoff. And then when we get done with that, then we're probably going to go through some books. So it's a continuing adventure <laughs> through Babylon 5. You're dragging it out, kicking exactly. and screaming. <laughs> so what do you think of Sense8? Well, I've only met three-fourths of the way through episode one. Oh, right. So it's oh, still okay. establishing itself. So Fair enough. Now, that's uh, the one with Martha, right? It is. Yes. Yes, exactly. Freema. You see more of her than you've seen of her before. Boy, howdy. <laughs> I was like, oh, look at all these naked people. And then I was like, Martha, what are you doing? <laughs> but anyway, so I'm looking forward to seeing what what happens. Because I know, you know, I trust JM, JMS and he's a good storyteller. He wrote for She-Ra. Okay. And the real Ghostbusters. I was He's, he, he's very active on Twitter now that Babylon 5 is on Amazon Prime. Um, so if you haven't watched Babylon 5 before, I certainly recommend it, but you know, don't take my word for it. But it's on Amazon Prime, so I think it's getting a lot more buzz in the Twitter sphere these days. So he's been talking about it. I mean, he's been a prolific TV writer, so yeah, it's it interesting to see him, how he sort of started in the, I guess, cartoon verse. I mean, I don't know his whole oeuvre, but that was one of the things he started in. So how it's interesting. interesting. Yeah. 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 He so. made our childhoods a thing. Huh? Exactly. Or at least mine. So. <laughs> I watched She-Ra. She-Ra. <laughs> Princess of Power. There you go. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, darling? Today we are talking about Daleks. What more can you say about the ultimate Doctor Who villain? To kick off our discussion on the bad boys from Scarrow, we recently watched the riff-tracked version of Doctor Who and the Daleks, featuring Peter Cushing as Doctor Who. 
It also features the plot of the first Doctor serial, The Daleks. We'll talk about extermination, Dalek bumps, and, again, how they stole a TV plot to make a movie. Right. So this is sort of interesting. Now, we watched The Daleks, didn't we? Yes. I'm trying to remember, (laughs) for this show, I'm sure, trying to remember the context in which we watched it. But anyway... So, um, it was, you know, so we, you, you, we, you, we, I have seen the, their beginning. Mm-hmm. And of course, in New Who, we've sort of seen everything else. And so, um, there's certain holes in Doctor Who that I think will still be fun for you as far as the Daleks. Like, we haven't watched Genesis of the Daleks, which, spoiler alert, is Davros's first appearance ever. In okay. Doctor. Yeah. So it literally explains. It does what it says on the tin. Exactly. I like it. <laughs> and that was sort of a disappointing thing for me because that was recently in the movie theaters to promote the Blu-ray release in America of Series 1, Tom Baker. I believe it's they use a different number in the UK. But anyway, of his seasons. And so... And you we know, had... You were doing... I was in a meeting at yeah. church. So... Yeah. Anyway. But anyway. So we couldn't make it to the movie theater. Stupid so shirts. I know. in the it's way of everything. <laughs> but anyway. So, um, the Daleks. But what, what's your sort of general thoughts, whether it's classic or new or whatever, of the Daleks? Yeah. Again... I have a toy here for our listeners. You do. There yes. So it's not for the listeners at all. No, <laughs> they, you can't they, have it, listeners. You're not giving it away and they can't see it. <laughs> right. That toy has nothing to do with our no, listeners. I'm very disappointed. It does take a AAA battery and all I have is not but AA batteries in this household. I have bags and, and bags, bags of AA, of AA, AA batteries, but, but apparently... No AAA. Yeah, so well, we, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Daleks to me are a lot like the Cybermen in my mind. In terms of, yeah, they're iconic, and mm-hmm. I appreciate that, but I tend not to lean towards those stories. Again, that's it's just a little bit science fiction-y in, when I like the more fantasy side of things. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. Yes. Um, that's because you never listen. That's right. I do agree. We need more food. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm not opposed to them. And like I say, they're iconic. I, you know, I definitely want to see in the next Doctor Incarnation, I, I do want to see the Cybermen and I do want to see the Daleks because they're such an icon, but they don't tend to be the characters that grab my attention. And maybe it's not about science fiction. Maybe it's about there's nothing particularly redeeming about them. Right. Which is the whole point. And then I think it, cur- it turns... It's sort of, and I think this is broadly speaking, and I'm sure there's always exceptions to what, what I'm about to say, but I think the Daleks are that villain that's sort of, you know, the bad, bad villain, but then when you try to make them redeemable, well, then you've watered them down. Yes, and, and I you get can't go back that, to them, you know, yeah. but it, it's so... But I agree, you just have to make so them interesting black and white, still, yeah. uh, whereas I prefer the Doctor... In shades of gray. Exactly. You know, like the, um, you know, my favorite episodes are the ones with the shape-shifting creatures. Zygons. Yes, that live on Earth and Mm -hmm. take people's characteristics. I mean, that's such a beautiful gray area that the Doctor has to navigate. And Mm -hmm. those are the stories that I, I think I tend to be drawn towards more. Although, there was the Dalek in the episode, he's up in the tower... That was the Twelfth Doctor's last episode. That was the um, uh, in the Christmas special. I 
twice upon a time. Um, yes, the doctor, if I'm saying it correctly, the one you're talking about. And I forget, they had a name for him, and I forget yeah, what it was. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, Robbie or something yeah, ridiculous. But anyway, but that was the doctor they had introduced early on with the 12th doctor. I want to say it was like his third episode or something, um, where it was the dog that went good. Yeah. Because he was broken, and then, well, I can't, you know, and that was, and, and well, they shrunk him, and anyway. And that was the Dalek who told the doctor you would make a good Dalek, um, and which sort of freaked him out. But anyway, so but yeah, that was an interesting. So yeah, I quite enjoy. I I enjoyed that bit because right. again, the shades of gray. I just like the now was that there- that there's at least something redeemable, and that's why I loved the episode uh, where Bill becomes a Cyberman because mm. then again, you've got that redeemable. It's all shades of gray now. Mm-hmm. Now. What do you think of the pop culture presence of the Daleks? Now, when you were in England, and may answer maybe nothing, but did you sort of see any pop culture presence of Daleks in your time there? And the zeitgeist? Any? No. I mean, it's always, as somebody who didn't watch Doctor Who in England, I still knew... I still know who knew who the doctors were. I still knew who Daleks were. Right. I mean, again, they're just the iconic Doctor Who villain. Mm. It's, you know, without having any sort of knowledge of any of the shows, you still know the Daleks. Is it just the simplicity of their design? I mean, you know, it's... I mean, I'm not saying... With the plunger and the whisk. Yeah. And the (laughs) iPod. And, I mean, I'm not saying... Well, you probably could make a Dalek at home if you really wanted to. I mean, even a decent one. Um, But, you know, yeah. I wonder if that's it versus, you know, a more intricate monster where... You know, you walk around and I'm a Dalek, you know. Yeah. Was it, it was the first, was it the first Doctor Who villain? I'm trying to think. Yes, because it was the second serial. So I was was asking you when we were watching what we're going to talk about today, whether I'd shown you the the first serial, The Unearthly Child, which we haven't, which we haven't. But anyway, so it was the second serial, Mm. was the Daleks. Yeah. So yeah, so it was technically speaking, you know, I mean, whether we can talk about whether cavemen are villains, which you'll find out. But anyway, but yes, uh, yes, the real alien, first alien, I suppose. Yeah, which is what makes it so... Which was, you know, sort of, it was when we were watching, you know, an adventure in time and space, the, the docudrama is not the right word. But anyway, about the history of Doctor Who, the Sydney, you know, the Canadian uh, producer of Doctor Who, you know, was sort of like, you know, I don't want bug-eyed monsters. And then, you know, he gets the Daleks. He's like, this is, what, this is not what I talk about. This is exactly what I don't want. Um, but they sort of said, no, no, no. And I do think there is an interesting story there. Now, whether it's still relevant or not, you can argue, but the sort of the story of radiation of course during the cold war you know the radiation and the nuclear war and then you have these monsters who then have to protect themselves and they're just all pure evil and they and they are you know rail against anything that's different and it's just pure hate and and purity and all that stuff and mm. which you know to a post-war britain um but even you know just still can still be a story yes yeah yeah, I can mm-hmm. I, I can get behind that. So the evolution of the Daleks. So like I said, you saw early on the Daleks. You saw their first serial and, and mm-hmm. everything else. Do you think they've changed over the years, or is it pretty much just exterminate, exterminate, kill, kill, kill? I think they've gotten bigger, haven't they? A little. Well, uh, yes and no. I mean, I feel like in the in the original days you could kind of see where the person's sitting down, mm-hmm. whereas nowadays they're a little bit more slimmer. You know. Yeah. I'm sure there may. I don't know if there's still a person. I'm sure there's still a person in there, but anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but they're a little bit slimmer to me. Yeah, but you know, it was it. We were talking about. I don't know whether we were watching because what we were watching or 
whatever. But we saw some colorful Daleks. Yes. And I remember thinking, like, because the... I remember during the 11th Doctor story with these, you know, Winston Churchill and all that with the Daleks. And um, then there was a whole minor brouhaha in the fan community about, oh, these Daleks are all bright colored primary Crayola color. But I'm like, if you look at some of these older Daleks, they had bright colored Daleks. This is not a new thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the Dalek toy that we currently have sitting on the coffee table is the red Dalek. Well, and, you know, and we'll come to this a little bit when we go into the TARDIS library, but those Daleks were all almost upgrading in the way that White, the Cybermen and then black do. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, nice. and they had a special weapons, Dalek. Yeah. Yeah, there's an episode, and I know when you were doing your rewatch, you skipped it, not just because there's a file problem. But anyway, now that we have the complete Matt Smith, not a problem. But the Asylum of the Daleks, which is the 11th Doctor story, and it was kind of built as like, oh, we're going to show all the Daleks. And it's like kind of sad because it's like they have like the one old Dalek in the corner and then the rest are sort of new who Dalek. So it's kind of like, meh, meh. But anyway, but I think there have been other stories where they've tried to show kind of the older models of Daleks. It's, it is kind of cool when you kind of see them all together and they try to recreate them. But yeah. Yeah. I don't think that they have evolved quite as noticeably, for instance, as the Cybermen have. Mm-hmm. Um but there certainly has been an, an evolution as they got past the... They could fly. You could climb stairs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the plunger and the whisk day. You know, when it was just shooting flare from its uh, yeah. gun instead of actual yeah. lasers. So, yeah. Well, though I think one thing about the Daleks, and this was my fandom timeline, and I don't know about yours, I always just thought they were the robot Yes. It wasn't until a light. Of course, I mean, it's, they're in the beginning. It's there in the first serial. But I'm just saying how I watched Doctor Who, I didn't realize there's actually an alien inside there. Yes. And it's the, kind of hard to forget sometimes that there is. Yeah, or hard to remember that there is. Yeah. I, because I think of the Dalek as this specific shape, this specific thing. And remembering that actually that's like its car. Yeah. For all <laughs> intents and purposes. It's Voltron. Um, yeah, a little bit. Oh, that would be oh, that would be interesting. Can you imagine if the Daleks could evolve to a place where, if they all attach together, they make a giant Dalek? I, well, you know, I feel like that's that has not been covered. I feel like that should be in a thirteenth Doctor. Uh, we we are coming up with storylines just for the record. That was our idea, <laughs> and we would like royalties for that, or just you know to be in the show. Or to be in the show. Yeah. No, I'm good with either one. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jessica's dying to get her Bradley Walsh autograph, so. (laughs) Bless his heart. (laughs) Oh, fun times. Okay, well, let's let's, uh, focus our discussion on what we watched recently, and that was our our much ballyhooed, we've been talking about it for weeks in in this uh, podcast you know once i introduced the idea to you uh, now that, darling that there was a another doctor that you had never known who about does not fall into the canon at all right but you've finally seen it darling and now i know why <laughs> so we did watch doctor who and the daleks now of course being us we didn't just watch it because that would have been too easy we watched the <laughs> rift tracks version available version. on amazon prime i don't know why i'm pipping amazon because we certainly don't have uh we don't actually have amazon prime no <laughs> but it's there so anyway but i, I find that's how we're watching sarah jane so i find it's actually very quick if you just either want to buy or 
rent Doctor Who, it seems to be the fastest. Yeah. Unless you just want to invest in Blu-rays, but that's only for big ticket items, at least in my humble wallet's opinion. Yes. So anyway, yeah, but anyway, absolutely. so, so uh, what do you think finally of saying this, this, you know, and it's of the time, it's of the first Doctor, I don't have the information in front of me because I'm a bad podcaster, but it was, you know, contemporary to the first Doctor, you know, so... You know, if the first Doctor's, what, 63? I can't remember when Doctor of the Daleks was. But it was, you know, mid-60s. Mm. So, obviously still in black and white. But anyway, so what did you, you think of it all? Yeah, I think we do first need to talk about the fact that we'd already seen this episode. <laughs> yes. We hadn't seen any of those characters, but we had definitely already seen this episode. Now, you say we hadn't seen those characters, darling. I uh, remember a Barbara, Ian, and Susan. Uh, yeah, no, fair enough. Well, sorry, we haven't hadn't seen the characters looking the way that they did. They apparently <laughs> all went th- through some strange regeneration, then went Oh, is this Ian 2, Barbara 2, yeah, and Susan 2? And then went back in time mm-hmm. and repeated an entire experience. Yes. This is 1966. And did not remember any of it. Right. Because otherwise, Ian would have run into fewer things. Right. So, yeah. So, it was was interesting. Susan is now, instead of being the... Well, actually, she's still the granddaughter. But instead of being the high school age granddaughter, she's now the... I don't know what England is. Middle school age. Yeah. Yeah. Early (laughs) early secondary school, late primary school, I would have thought. Susan. But she's a genius. Year six or or something like that. uh, I... Prodigy. Yep. Clever. Wonder kid. Yep. Um, and then uh, instead of Barbara being a teacher, she is now also the doctor's... Granddaughter. I got the impression that the... Well, they sisters. Yeah. It was, I got it was the sketchiness. Impression that... She's a relation of the doctor, yeah. I guess. Perhaps a granddaughter. Susan's older sister, perhaps. And then... I uh, noticed she didn't show up on the 12th doctor's desk. Hashtag just saying. <laughs> and then Ian, instead of being uh, Barbara's fellow teacher at Cole Hill, he is the bumbling boyfriend. Boyfriend, obviously, yes. Because you know what the Daleks needed? Comedic relief. <laughs> slapstick. Yeah. <laughs> Every Dalek episode should have a slapstick moment. And then, of course... <laughs> You know, I, I'm one of the. I'm I'm not really that person, but I am one of those person when I see people write Doctor Who is Dr. Period Who. I'm like, mm, really, God. Now, of course, that's silly because that's actually canon. That's how early Doctor Who did it, and they literally called them Doctor Who when it first started. So it's it's just a silliness to be one of those people. Um, but I am. <laughs> and I, yet you are. Well, I do a little cringe. I'm like, oh, that's not how we do it nowadays. But the, <laughs> but I I'm very comfortable calling this guy Dr. Period Who <laughs> yeah. Doctor Who. Yeah. Yes. Because the, the, the Doctor Who, Peter Cushing is Doctor Who. That is, I, I guess, uh, Susan is Susan Who, possibly. Oh, <laughs> all we're waiting for is Mary Lou. <laughs> and all the Who's down in Whoville. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> There's an interesting mashup. Let's all have a moment and think of that. <laughs> Though I do have to say, the Daleks are pretty spot on. I mean, I guess it's hard to mess them up. Again, maybe it just goes to the simplicity of design. And the and the recognizable voice, you know, just do the synthesizer or whatever you call it. Yeah. And I mean, they were they were what they were. Those were Daleks. Absolutely, absolutely. Everything else is what it was a little off. Yes, and again, <laughs> part of it was definitely because I'd seen this episode before. <laughs> I find that mind boggling. Yeah, and so for those who haven't watched, um, and those for have, you know, this is literally the episode of the Dalek serial on the movie screen. 
with slightly different characters. It's still the TARDIS lands in the, you know, Scaro, and then they go to investigate a city, and they there's mercury they have to find, but they don't really need to. And radiation problem. The natives are there, and, and it's literally, like, sick. it's down it's, to, like, the, the, you know, I could get the broad brush they could have stolen it, but it's down to, like, they tell Susan to go get to talk to the natives and fool them and write the note and, yeah. like, literally. Yeah. Although then they... They childproof it a little bit mm-hmm. because in the original one, one of the natives dies. Right. He falls off the cliff to his death. Mm-hmm. And in this one, he survives. That's true. They manage to save him because child friendly. Well, like, the, then the other one did die in the swamp. Yeah, but those things happen. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And like, like, I almost was waiting because I could remember. And it's weird. I've only, well, maybe I've seen it twice because I watched it with you. But still, I could actually remember like the breaks, like the cliffhangers. I was waiting for the movie to have them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and of course, we're watching the Rift Tracks mm-hmm. version of it, and we're also providing our own <laughs> Rift Tracks. Um, so it was a little bit chaotic, but. Uh, yeah, Ian is just all over the place. I, it was strange. It was strange. But mm. it was in color, so there's that. Was it in color? Oh, see, for some reason I just... Okay. Yeah, no, it was in color. I don't color. know why I said it was black and white then. I'm, I'm a liar as well. Because um, yeah. we talked about it. Cause well, that's probably why that we saw some colorful Daleks then. Yeah. I mean, they were probably like blue. But. Maybe. But yeah, because I asked about when it was done, because I was thinking mm. about when we start getting color television yeah and you and you suggested that it was at the same time they were making the black and white television yeah. shows but because it's movies now in telecolor yeah because yeah. yeah i mean the first doctor color doctor that's sorry but the first time <laughs> doctor who in color was uh, that, that we'll talk about that later um was uh the third doctor yeah. And that was, now, now I have to look up on my <laughs> doctors listed here. But anyway, but I feel like that's late 60s. Cause... Was it straight away? Like the last moment of the second yep. doctor was black and black white, and, white yep. and the first yep. moment of the third doctor? Color. Like he landed in Oz or something? Has he regenerated? <laughs> Are you, uh. I, no, I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Spearhead from space. Yeah. But yeah. yeah so yeah. here I am in Oz. <laughs> well, called Earth, but yes. Okay. Yeah. You say tomato, darling. <laughs> I mean, but that was supposed, I guess, capitalizing on the idea of, you know, the Daleks captivating audience on the TV screen. So let's make it in a movie. And they'll love it there. And apparently yeah. they do because there is a sequel. Is it another episode that we've yes. already seen? No, yes. Philip. That's, no. that's going to be a, a maybe a potential future issue, a future episode where we will compare <laughs> the Dalek invasion of Earth with. The Dalek Invasion uh, of Earth. Yeah, now I'm forgetting the sequel. <laughs> um, but anyway, yes. Oh, dear. I can't. It just, I, I don't understand it at all. Followed by, yeah, so the Dalek Invasion of Earth, I believe is the name of the serial. And the movie is Daleks Invasion Earth 2150 AD, which was made a year later. So. That feels like that title's a bit long and clunky. Yeah, well, I'm sure it's much like the movie. Probably. Yeah. But anyway. So Certainly yeah. Ian. <laughs> Well, see, now I'm excited to see who will play all the characters that we, when we watch the serial, we'll be able to guess. Hey, I wonder which characters they're going to use, and are they going to make them younger or older? Which doctor is it? Still the first. Still the first still doctor. The first, yeah. For both. Yeah, because still the 60s. Yeah. Okay. But new companions? 
Well, we'll see. I don't know. I, I've no, I don't think. I mean, again, I've seen all uh, the classic. No, the television episode. Well, I have to watch it again. I don't know. I can't right. remember. Okay. I mean, I feel like you it's really prob- have not done your research for this. Podcast, I feel like the answer is probably you? no because it's it's. I think it's one of the. I think it's later. I think it's post Ian Barbara, but we'll find out. We'll find out. Okay. <laughs> there you go. That's that's something to look forward. Is sure. is there a riff tracked version well, of this if, as well? If not, we'll make our own. Oh, okay. That's true. So anyway, but yeah, and and so, but yeah, getting back to the Daleks, I guess you know the the whole the the, the bits that sort of they try to make them interesting. I'm not trying to belittle it, but sort of like you know your basic Dalek, sort of like Davros, you know, you're sort of mm-hmm. the creator. That's a sort of I thought it was interesting to see the Twelfth Doctor story with Davros, sort of a, a fake out about you know the little child Davros and what do you do if you're faced with that decision? Which of course that'll go to Genesis the Dalek. But anyway, you know, should he save this child that he knows will grow up to be? I thought that was an interesting 12th Doctor story to do that. And then you always have, just like the Sire, when you always have, like, the Dalek control. I don't even remember the names. Dalek controller, Dalek whatever, you know. It's always something. Yeah. Or the more interesting Dalek. This is not the... But, yeah, yeah I, like, I think about... Someone posted a clip recently on Twitter. It was celebrating, I guess, the episode... Was it just called Dalek? With the ninth Doctor, the first appearance or reappearance of the Daleks in New Who. Where it was just that single Dalek. With the Ninth Doctor. Mm. And it was a very... Because it was when the Ninth Doctor first visits him. And he's, you know, of course, scared to death. But then when you realize it's all chained up. Because it was whatever. Oh, right. Yes. And, and being like, tortured. And, and then yeah. he's sort of like, ah, oh, you know, I, we destroyed you. And then he... But then, the, and then he has to reveal that it's, of course, the Time Lords died as well. And you sort of get that Ninth... And it's, of course, it's cool, I think, to watch how well it holds up. Knowing the War Doctor... Mm, yes. And knowing what happened, but then knowing the Ninth Doctor doesn't remember that way, and so, uh, but the whole Day of the Doctor story, you know, how many children were there on Gallery? But I, I think it holds up when you kind of look, go back in time with the Ninth Doctor, if you will, about his experience with the Daleks. I think it holds up. So I think, but like, again, the single Dalek is interesting. But then you always have the fleet of Daleks, and then it's yes. like, mm, yeah, okay. yeah, and and maybe that's the thing. You know, they are faceless. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the Cybermen, while not faceless, are completely expressionless. And maybe that's the thing that makes them pure villain. Yeah, I think maybe with Cybermen, I'm not saying I like them better. I mean, I I'd have to think about it. But like with the Cybermen, they're, they're taking humans, you know, they're assimilating us, you know, and so there's that element. Like you're talking about with Bill, with Daleks, they're aliens. Um, the Colleds or whatever they are, because it's Dalek backwards. Um, you know, the, whatever. They're the little squirty thingies, splotchy thingies, you know, whatever. And so it's hard to tell what's, what's the takeaway for, I mean, not that all art has to be commentary on current events, though I tend to like it that way. About, well, not necessarily current events, but at least making you think about society mm. and life and whatever. And so the Daleks, what do they make you think of? Or is it just, you know, a cartoon kids villain. And I'm not making fun of that, but you know, is that all they are? Well, I think that, uh, again, our jump into the TARDIS library will certainly cover some of those issues, won't it? Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like that does raise more contemporary concerns. Sure. So, and so what, and now we are other than Voltron Dalek, which I think is a great idea. Yep. Again, what, that's ours. We've copyrighted it. But what are the uh, what do you think are some future Dalek stories left to tell? Uh, there's always the possibility of the attempt to make them human. Mm-hmm. Well, um, if you will. Now they did that, and what I don't think is regarded as necessarily the best episode. With I don't even forget is it the, it's not the Daleks in Manhattan, but anyway, it's the tenth Doctor story. But anyway, it's when the Daleks 
and they have like the it's in Depression era New York, and they make a human Dalek. It's like a guy, he has like the little guy, and he has like a Dalek head and whatever. Yeah, something about that seems the Lula, and, and they had the boyfriend with the pig face because the Daleks were making. Oh pig yes, people. yes, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yes, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, what I meant was to make them less viciously evil. That's all we got. Mm-hmm. So to to anthropomorphize them right. more. Yeah, and I, and I I think there's something to tell in that in their in their version of purity. You know, what does that mean? Because I mean, that's, that's really about. It's an extreme version, obviously, of of you know racism, whatever ism you want to use, mm. you know, race superiority or whatever. I mean, because that's obviously what the dogs are all about. But then taking that story and what does that mean and what does it, what why you know how are those elements current or whatever? Because I did like what they did with the twelfth doctor. The you know dogs are about hate. And then the Dalek discovered, well, you hate the Daleks. Then doesn't that make you like a Dalek? If that's all you do is hate the doc, you know, if the doctor's just full of hate about the Dalek. So, you know, it was an interesting mm. story to tell. Cool. All right. Well, any final thoughts about the Daleks, Dalek, Dalek, Dalek? <laughs> too loud. That was too loud. <laughs> yeah, no, I still find them a little creepy. Yeah. Uh, which I think was part of their purpose. Was you know a little bit of scariness uh, in the the docudrama that we watch? You know, you see the images of the kids hiding behind the sofa yeah. to watch it. Um, they're a little scary. Yeah, and I think there's iconic music and sound effects. Yep. That you can, you know, and I think that's cool. Like you said, just because of the classic villain that that they you know what they're doing be doing yes you know what you're gonna get with the dalek episode Mm -hmm. all right into the tardis library mister yes and we're going to be continuing with our dalek conversation but i thought i'd talk about a specific dalek serial from the classic series I was going to go with Genesis of the Daleks, but I feel like we're going to save that for another episode sometime. So I thought, was kind of looking at a list of what's it, what are the top Dalek stories. And then I was looking for what's the shortest of those, because I like, as we mentioned earlier at the beginning of the episode, we don't have a lot of time. This has been busy. Yeah, yeah. So there were a lot of six parters. I'm like, I don't think we can do a six parter. So what's a four party you got for me? And that was, um, a one in the list was Remembrance of the Daleks, featuring the seventh doctor and Ace. Um, and there, <laughs> and this was originally aired. 5 October 1988, the day after I turned 8 years old. Look at that. Which is kind of weird to think back that there was Doctor Who was on when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, not that I knew, but, you know. Anyway. Yeah. So, anyway, I want to give us, it's a bit of a longer one, but I think it's still good. Want to give us a synopsis from TARDIS.Wikia? I would love to. London, 1963. The Doctor returns to the place where it all began, alongside his latest companion. Ace! With unfinished business. <laughs> Not for the first time, unusual events are unfolding at Coal Hill School. At 76 Totters Lane, the Doctor discovers that his oldest foes, the Daleks, are on the trail of the stolen Time Lord technology that he left on Earth long ago. The Daleks are planning to perfect their own time travel capability in order to unleash themselves across the whole of time and space. The Doctor, with the help of the local military, must stop his oldest enemies from stealing Gallifreyan secrets, but the lines between allies and enemies are tested to the limit, and the Doctor and... Ace! ...must trust no one in order to survive. 
As two opposing Dalek factions meet in an explosive confrontation, the fate of the whole cosmos hangs in the balance. Dun, 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 dun. Ace! I'm trying to think of some 80s synth pop I can include as I, I feel music. like you can just use whatever was in the... Although, if I remember correctly, this did start off sounding like it was going to be a porno. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah. So, what did you think of the Dalek story in this one? I thought it was actually a little more complex than I, you could you usually expect. Yes. It was more complex and probably a little bit more complicated than it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Although, I did really enjoy it. And I, I'm discovering that I'm quite fond of Ace. Ace, yes. Um, she's she's kind of delightful. Yeah. And I, I you know... Uh, when she's literally, I mean, of course, it's a super bat, but using a bat to basically beat up the Daleks, you know, not many companions we see literally take on hand-to-hand combat with the Daleks. No, absolutely. And I think that she is probably going to feature heavily in next week's episode, mm-hmm. um, which we'll, we'll get to. We'll tease appropriately yeah. enough. I mean, yeah, like she's picking up RPGs and firing a yeah, anti-tank, you know. absolutely, absolutely. At the same time, carrying on this little flirty flirt thing with one of the army guys yeah. who turns out to not be good. Yeah. And to me, that was the bit, it felt a little heavy-handed um, in terms of the message they were trying to get across, and I don't think they necessarily needed to do that. Well, I also thought it was a little... I feel like they cut something out, because, I mean, she was having... Being friendly with the sergeant... I think it was a sergeant, I can't remember. But anyway... Um, Young guy in a bomber jacket, that's all you Yeah, know. which I thought, like, isn't he a pilot then? But anyway, I, I, I don't pretend to know British military in the 60s. But anyway, you know, <laughs> but I thought it was, you know, it doesn't, wasn't necessarily romantic, but I suppose you could read it that way. But it sort of went quickly, in a quick betrayal. It's like, hey, that's fun, we're young, let's go do young things. And then it's kind of like, how could you do that? <laughs> How could you do? I'm like, did we just know him for like a second? But anyway, yeah, but yeah, then, and we get a little bit of that foreshadowing at his mother's boarding house. Yes, but again, like I say, that just felt heavy-handed. But his mom's a racist, so it's all right. Well, but that's the thing <laughs> because apparently so is he, and right. that's and and so basically you've got the two factions of Daleks. Um, and the primary faction doesn't like the rebel faction because they're not pure enough. I did, by the way, I did love how, you know, the, the doctor obviously is Mr. Exposition most of the time because that's sort of his job. The, the companion asks the question, the mm. doctor explains what's going on. That's the deal you make in Doctor Who. I like in this one where the doctor delegates exposition to Ace because one of the uh, scientists is like, what's happening? And he's like, and she's like, well, <laughs> one of the blobby bits, and then these blobby bits, like, that's pretty much, you got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's interesting exposition, so that's fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, that message was pretty clear. Right. You know, purity, you can, you can draw those conclusions mm. of, you know, sort of Nazi... Uh, white supremacy. I I can draw all those conclusions just on the Dalek story. So I didn't need necessarily the sign on the boarding house that said no colored people, no coloreds. Yeah, no coloreds. And I didn't need the the sergeant or whatever he is betray them because it's important to protect your own race which he said I didn't need that uh-huh. I, I got it I got it don't don't hit me over the head with your hand of 
Omega bat <laughs> to to teach me this message. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, because it was interesting because, and again, a bit of time travel involved, but, you know, I can get there, though it takes a while, especially being not British, but I can still try and get it because, of course, this is the, not of course, this is the opener to the 25th season, so this kind of works in a way, as a 25th anniversary special, if you will. So, you know, you're, they're arriving on the day that the first Doctor Who episode occurred, which was the first contemporary day of the Doctor Who aired, you know, November 23rd, 1963. And so that it's very heavily, you know, implied that's when they're arriving on mm-hmm. that day. And because, you know, there's literally a part where, you know, I, I tried to be Captain Obvious about it just because I didn't want you to miss it, where Ace turns on the TV and it's BBC and then stand by for an exciting new sci-fi series yes, docked yeah. and then, you know, turns off. Yeah. But anyway, so I thought that was that was cute. But then again, where you, like you have Mr. Radcliffe talking about, you know, we were on the wrong side in the last war. I'm trying to like, yeah, which was the last 1960? You know, and so it's like, yeah. oh, really? well, that's. Okay, if you're talking about World War II, then this is an interesting character. Then, interesting yes. as an evil, of course. Yes, but. and and we're going to be on the right side. And again, I just didn't need mm. all of that. I think it would have run better. And like I say, I liked the episode a lot, and I thoroughly enjoyed Ace. That just, as you say, it felt clunky. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt the whole um, a betrayal of the the sergeant or whatever Mm. he is. And and that felt fast and a little bit ham-fisted because we didn't really have any suggestion of that up to this point. And, uh, yeah, it just went a little bit wonky, Mm -hmm. I thought. But we did have a wonderful guest appearance, completely (laughs) unexpected. I I, I hate that we should should really look up his name, but I can't remember his name. But, anyway, the... um, Acting, what would it be, cafe owner? So the, the cafe owner, apparently... Or the, just, the worker at the cafe, because yeah. I think they were looking for the owner. And, yeah, because the guy was having babies, and the doctor was like, oh, yeah, it'll be twins. Yes. But anyway, yeah. yes, it was the um, gentleman from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air the here in butler, the States. The butler, yeah. And so, um, which I guess, you know, contemporary, too, was not that far from this, because this is what... 88, I said, and Fresh Prince was probably early 90s. Yeah. So it was only probably a couple of years, some couple of years later. Joseph Marcel yes. is his name. I looked him up. So, which is interesting because he is doing a, a West Indies accent in here, where in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air he's doing a British accent. It's, it's much more British, yeah. <laughs> September 1990 was when Fresh yeah. Prince of Bel-Air said, so yeah, he was not far away from getting that, that gig, in breaking Hollywood. into American television, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that was both of us sort of did a oh my gosh <laughs> you're not of often moment. See, yeah seeing your your childhood uh, TV shows in America of stars showing up in in classic Who but it really is true every British actor ever <laughs> has been in Doctor Who yeah we're, so we're, there you go yeah yeah that's and it's true yeah <laughs> also see Harry Potter but anyway yeah yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, no, I, I did think it's also interesting the fact, like you said, that there were two Dalek sides. I didn't necessarily get the child, the creepy child as Dalek controller or whatever. I mean, other than you just want a creepy child, I guess. Creepy childs are always, creepy children, sorry. <laughs> creepy children are always fun yeah. to have. But but I did like having the two sides, because again, it adds complexity to the Daleks. Mm-hmm. They're just being the monolith. Mm-hmm. And as you, as you already said, but then of course you get the Davros, because I knew... Davros was going to show up because I did do some research, you know, watching it. So I kind of knew. Well, some there's stuff. a first. Yeah. But then, but then I kind of <laughs> forgot because at first it was like, oh, it's that person. Like, oh, no, that's the kid. 
Because I thought it was the, the person that, you know, because Davros has that sort of half Dalek chair, but that was the little girl that was in there. I was like, oh, well, surely I'm not wrong because it was in the Wikipedia. But anyway. <laughs> the font of all knowledge. Yes. But, um, but then that's because the, like, the Dalek controller, I forget the names I keep using, but it had the big white head, which I thought was kind of stupid looking. I'm like, oh, well, classic who, I'm forgiving. But it's like, oh, reveal that Stavros. Well, that makes sense. That's why it looks stupid. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Davros. And, of course, he kills Davros. Yeah, and blows up Scaro. Yeah. So. So that's the last Dalek episode we'll ever see, yeah. right? Yeah, never will see Scaro, Scaro, Davros. Never see ever any of the again. Daleks ever again <laughs> after the Seventh Doctor. Yeah. I'm also quite, I, I quite enjoyed the Seventh Doctor. He seems to have a little bit of a... Just a cheeky wink, wink, nudge, nudge about him. Yes, that I, I find quite charming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I haven't shown you the early episodes of him yet, where he's, he's he definitely hasn't found his character. But this doing the re- research and you know it's commentary, so you can always come to your own conclusion that this was sort of the first the Doctor as the master planner, strategist, perhaps even a little bit of a manipulator. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but no, it was interesting. You know, the Doctor Who adding to its own backstory of that. The reason that the first Doctor was there on Earth in Cool Hill with Susan all, the, you know, well, to him in his timeline all those years ago. Of course, it was like five minutes ago in that timeline. But was to hide the hand of Omega or oh Omega yeah. or whatever, whoever actor was pronouncing it at Yeah, the time. everybody. It's really interesting, the people who pronounce it the way we expect to hear it. The Daleks. Yeah. I, which I, and I don't know, not being British, I don't know if it's just an accent thing. Because, I mean, in America, and, it's Omega. Yeah. And I didn't know Omega was a choice. And it's one of those that never comes up. Yeah. And so I don't know the answer to that either. Because it happened in every other Doctor Who with yeah. Omega that's come up before that we've watched. Yeah. And I so, know that Beta is Beta. Yeah. And and that I understood. Uh-huh. That I Came across several times, uh-huh. but never came across the word Omega. Never did. Now, I did have to learn the entire Greek alphabet to join the sorority. Okay. So I can I can go through the entire alphabet. I will not <clears throat> subject anybody to it. But, you know, it's, it's something I'm familiar with. Not necessarily something I do with everyone I meet to check their pronunciation <laughs> of all the words. Well, now you have So a- it does make me wonder how they'd pronounce the Omicron. There you go. I don't know. Because it doesn't help when they inconsistently pronounce it throughout the episode. Because then I'm yes. very confused. Yeah. It was there an American Dalek controller who was just like, Omega. Omega. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Now, because then they would have saved him for the second Doctor episode with the Americans. So Obviously. Yeah. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> it's the hand of Omega. <laughs> oh, bless. That's what Americans sound like. But overall, I, I quite enjoyed this one. Yeah, I found I it entertaining. Yeah. I didn't find myself at any time, which I have done in the past when we've watched Doctor Who serials, of getting to the cliffhanger of an episode and going, oh, God, there's more. <laughs> uh, didn't feel that way about this one at all. Yeah, because so. yeah, the, the characters and the plot, because it was almost, I almost kept asking where a unit is. Now, I don't know the unit timeline in the show, but I had to remind myself, this is 63. Mm. And everything we always see is presumably past that. Because I'm trying to remember when the Yeti story, when we first meet um, 
the brigadier, brigadier before he's the brigadier, yeah. but when he's the colonel, I guess. But anyway, I can't remember what year that was, at least in the story time, what year yeah. it was. So it may have been later in the 60s. There, maybe there may not be a unit for all I know. But anyway, so but, but it almost seemed like people were just acting like units. There, you sort of had the fleet captain, and then you sort of had the the women None scientists. Of whom seemed to be overly shocked and awed by the whole alien invasion thing. Right. They were curious. Yes. And they were frustrated that the doctor wouldn't explain anything, but nobody was like, wait, what? And I did think it was interesting. And again, I never know what to make of time periods and television showing time periods, which seems to be actually be regressive rather than progressive. When you watch television, you know, sometimes society is more progressive than what TV portrays. But anyway, so, but the women scientists, I can't remember their names, but who are, <laughs> well, I can't remember the man's completely name. completely, I know, I know, so, I know, yeah, but you, a, you are neutralizing your point. Exactly. But, but I'm saying they, they reminded me of sort of Liz. They must have had names. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> reminded me of Liz, because they were scientific advisors, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, of, of the absolutely. third doctor's companion, um, and all sort of proto unit, it all seemed to me. But they were all women. That was what was going to be my point. Yes, it yeah. was just sort of fleet captain and the boys, and then the women scientists, because the boys fire weapons and the women science. <laughs> the women science. Yes. Oh, we need that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Or, I mean, then you've got Ace who is holding her own. And I'm going to say, then you have Ace and the Doctor who are sort of characters of their own, and so yeah. They're all very engaging. That's what I was trying to say. Yes, yeah. it was a lot of fun. And then two Daleks. You have a special weapons Dalek. You have everything you ever wanted. So yeah, yeah, special armored tank Dalek. That was yeah. interesting. So and then transmat, oh, transmat, cool special effect. You sort of had the X-ray Dalek, and then the Dalek would show oh, yeah, up. So, oh, yeah. cool. And yeah. the rock, '80s rock music. Yeah, I was gonna say the well, music. I think that is the, the the hardest part about the Eighth Doctor. If anyone ever wants to go back. I, I mean, I, like like you said, I, well, seventh, excuse me, I said eight. I the seventh doctor is, I think, has a lot to him. I mean, I've enjoyed him. Mm. Um, but the music does take away from it, to, it. It affects the timelessness of it. So, like, if anyone could just rescore the seventh <laughs> doctor, it would, yeah. it would, you'd be like, you know, that's great, great stories. But then it's kind of like, well, and 80s music is so specific yeah you know you've got the synth pop Mm -hmm. that continues to show up and because it's not something that was used a whole lot before or a whole lot since Mm -hmm. it immediately dates a piece right and it's just like uh first season star trek the next generation so doctor who's not the only franchise to suffer the 80s music problem yeah so there you go cool What are we going to talk about next week, my love? Well, you tell me, darling. It's your idea. I know. I'm kind of excited about this. Mm -hmm. What I wanted to talk about next week is, as we're moving into this whole female doctor thing, or as we like to call her, doctor. With an E at the end? (laughs) Yeah. Or or a little heart over one of the letters. (laughs) Um, What I wanted to think about was which companions, particularly of the female variety, although they don't have to be, would have made good doctors on their own? and Or what would that have looked like if, for instance, Susan were the doctor? Um, after all, she's the heir to the throne. Why couldn't she be the doctor? And what would that look like? Um, so I doubt we'll go through all of the female companions, but... Uh, Picking some highlights like Ace, for instance, and uh, talking about what Ace might have looked like as a doctor instead of a companion. Right. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, until next week, darling, you're my favorite companion.
companion in all of time and space. There's nothing sexy about that, baby. This is BBC Television.